Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, friends and foes alike. I am the West Virginia woman, Robin Holstein of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a good night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. I've been keeping house since I was 17 years old, balancing the budget and paying the bills as an army wife on the salary of a PFC stationed at Fort Hood, Texas, and as a single mother of two back home in West Virginia. Things have changed a lot since then, but I haven't forgotten what it was like. This podcast looks at society and cultural issues affecting families in West Virginia and in the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go round the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Here we go again, here we go again. Oh, wait, no, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do my imitation of the Beatles. Here we go, ready? Number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. <laughs> That's because this is the ninth episode. Well, the ninth regular episode. I did two readings for Veterans Day, and I didn't count those because they were um, specifically for Veterans Day. I hope you got to listen to those. Um, One of them was a reading of a really old, a 1919 it's actually, it's a poem, but it was part of a song. It was the lyrics for a song, I believe. Because they reference a song in the description. It's from a really old book that I've got. And I, I don't have it here now. I've already put it back up on the shelf in the other room. But the poem was called To France. And it's the author's... Um, it's the author's tribute to the soldiers who trekked through France to defeat the Germans and win the war. And if you have to kind of listen to it, if you just let it flow in one ear and out the other, you miss some key words that help you understand what the heck he's talking about so and then the other one was I read a a John F. Kennedy speech and in it talked about uh, well it, it talked about a lot of stuff but it talked about the military and Uh, fighting wars and things like that so if you get a chance if you're interested you may want to look those up they're not listed as particularly episodes so far I've been naming the regular broadcast as episodes like one two three four and this one is episode nine and then it'll have a little brief description after it those are not named exactly the same but they are out there 
And if you find them interesting, I hope you will boost or like or share or whatever you do on whatever platform you happen to get to listen to this on. So if I bring you value, and value can just be joy, happiness, make you think a little bit, get your blood pressure up because you disagree, and you disagree wildly, <laughs> go ahead and let me know. Let me know, boost or comment, but please at least like and share. Tickle the algorithms for me. Lord, I can't talk again today. One of these days I may learn. So we're coming up quickly. On, well, in West Virginia, now each state in the United States has a little, little different bit of a hunting season and various hunting seasons through the year. In this part of the Appalachians, there are a couple of, for, for white-tailed deer, you now we've got bear and we got squirrel and we got all those other things too, but particularly deer. Deer is like a rite of passage. You might grow up shooting squirrel and you got to be a pretty good shot because squirrel are fast and they're tiny. And if you hit them in the guts, then you've just basically wasted the squirrel. you got to kind of hit them in the head so that, you know, they're dead and you can eat the rest of them. But anyway, deer is kind of a rite of passage. When a young man, or even an old man for that matter, gets his first deer, it's a big, hairy deal. A really big, hairy deal. And West Virginia has a muzzleloader season, which is that ancient type of... I don't know. I've never seen a modern muzzleloader. Uh, if I have, I didn't recognize it as such. Where you put the, the powder in and you load the ball and all that stuff. Through the muzzle of the gun. So there you go. We have muzzleloader season. It's, uh, it's the later part. It's from in December, from December 12th to the 18th. It's not, very, it's not a very long season. We have um, archery season archery and crossbow now that's the longest that goes from september 24th through december 31st so just about any time you can be out in the woods with of course you have to have your blaze orange but you, with your muzzle or your bow or your crossbow and um and take deer you still have limits but you know that the season is just huge the most popular is firearms, buck firearms season. Um, well, it doesn't have to be buck, but anyway, firearm season. So we've got buck season and we've got antler, antlerless season. And antlerless season can be male or female, but they just, they don't have antlers. The males could have shed or, you know, whatever, but um, antlerless is the is, well, deer season is the most popular season around, uh, of all of them in West Virginia and I I usually get my my license I have only been deer hunting a couple times I did not it was not successful I'm not I, if I had to take a deer 
for my family to survive, I probably <laughs> would be a big failure. I was, I, the, the closest I came, I, it was during buck season, buck only, and a doe walked in front of me. And I'm like, I should just take her anyway, but no. <laughs> but um, in 2021, hunters in West Virginia harvested over 105,000 white-tailed deer. And that was 1.5% lower than in 2020. So in 2020, when everybody was staying home because of that biological weapon, which I said that in December of 2019. In 2020, there were more deer harvested than in 2021. Now, one thing uh, that we struggle with, and we're not the only ones, obviously, not the only state, is poaching. And one of the biggest busts on poachers happened in, well, the arrest came in the spring of this year, in the spring of 2022. And poaching charges were filed against eight West Virginia residents in an investigation that began in September of 2021. And two, two of the suspects were formal, former Mineral County deputy sheriffs. Two deputy sheriffs in Mineral County, West Virginia, were guilty of poaching. Now, if that's not some snot, Tyler Biggs and Dalton Dolly were their names. So, in West Virginia, and, and like I said, it's probably very similar everywhere else in the United States. In West Virginia, poachers face replacement fees that are correspondent to the size of the deer and it, it has to do with their antlers spread but not necessarily the weight of the deer of course the bigger the deer the bigger the fine um, trophy replacement fee for bucks with a inside spread which is the way they measure the antlers and I'm not sure exactly, I guess they go to the furthest antler away from the head, but they start from the inside of that antler and measure to the inside of the one furthest away from the other side of the head. Um, trophy replacement fee for bucks with an inside spread of 14 to 16 inches is $2,500. $2,500 for poaching a, a buck with a spread, an inside spread of 14 to 16 inches. So that's, that's just over a foot. Spreads from 16 to 18 inches are valued at $5,000. 18 to 20 inches are 7,500. And get this, a spread of 20 inches or greater, 20 inches or greater. So that's going to be a big old boy carries a fine of $10,000.
per buck. Now, these guys, now, there were, what did we say, eight, six or eight people involved in all this. Yeah, eight charges were filed against eight West Virginia residents. So there were eight of them. Two of them were cops. So eight people that, and I don't remember exactly how many years this was supposed to span. Like the investigation started in September of 21, excuse me, 21. But I don't think the story said, I don't remember reading the story that's uh, anywhere that says how far back they took the first deer. But they were fined or arrested and I suppose convicted because they were fined for poaching 27 bucks. 27 bucks. That's what they could find between September of 2021 and I think this story broke in March of this year of 2022. So in about six months period of time, they were able to show 27 bucks that had been poached. Now, that's not going to count if they poached any uh, antlerless for like freezer filling. It says, according to West Virginia Department of Natural Resources, 12 of those 27 have an inside spread of at least 14 inches. Now, that's $2,500 a piece, so that's $30,000 in, in fines for just those. That doesn't include the other 15, which I suspect are smaller because they only listed them as 14. Uh, for, listed them as 14 inches. So I doubt that means that they got off scot-free with the other 15. That just means that they didn't have a, the one of these predefined uh, trophy replacement fees or fines or however it's worded. Now, there there's probably a few of you that come across this and you'll say, you know, by God, I'll do what I need to do to feed my family. The government be darn. Well, I don't think these people were trying to feed their family. They weren't taking these deer to put in their deep freeze. This does not, that's not what was happening here. You don't take a trophy buck and risk this, especially if you're a cop, a deputy sheriff. You don't risk this just for some freezer meat. I mean, come on, think about it. How many deer does it take to get a family of four through a rough winter? An average adult deer is about 80 to 110 pounds, I think. Field dress them. Take them to the butcher. What is it about sixty pounds of meat? After that, I I don't. I'm just guessing at the sixty. I know eighty to one hundred and ten is an average size, but I don't know after the fact. So like you know after all the because you don't just like when you take it uh, or, or when you 
have a cow butchered, most people don't take everything, including the tongue and the brain and all that stuff, and the soup bones and yakety yakety yak. So I don't know. So we, we figure 60 pounds of meat after it's butchered. <laughs> 60 pounds and they're, they're not living only on deer meat anyway this family of four wouldn't be living just on deer meat so eight people took down 27 animals I, I, I just I don't think they were taking them down for meat they were taking trophy deers the ones that they could cut the heads off leave the bodies to rot probably and however you sell black market deer heads for mounting on somebody's wall. I, I don't know how you do that. I'd never think to do that. I'd never, oh my gosh, I would just wouldn't do it. That's not, my brain doesn't work that way. So I hope it was worth it to them. I don't, I don't remember seeing anything about whether they got any jail time on top of it, whether, how, what, happens, what happened to the cops. Honestly, I'm not all that interested in the cops. I suspect they won't be holding jobs as police officers anymore. As law enforcement, I should say. Law enforcement. Because they're not policemen. They were deputies. So, okay, let's see. Um, I'm working on the um. I don't know if you noticed that or not. But I am working on getting rid of that. I have two people that I'm going to be interviewing... And I've told you about Toolman Tim. We've emailed back and forth. We've agreed to do it. We've agreed to not the date and time, but he told me what dates, what day of the weeks and the times are best for him. Now, he's two hours different than me. So if it's if it's 6 o'clock where he's at in Canada, it's 8 o'clock here. And 9 o'clock's <laughs> my bedtime. <laughs> So I'm not sure I'll get that worked out, but we'll get we'll get it done. And um, I'm looking forward to talking to him because I I know he does a lot of of testing. You know, he buys a lot of tools and and he he puts them through their paces and he compares them to other tools and you know gives his reviews and stuff. And he's he's built up quite a following and he's he's done some uh, uh, some pretty neat. Uh, YouTube's and and he's he also has a, a a channel here on Fountain or a podcast here on Fountain and he's got a decent following. He's into some other uh, social oh, there I went the some other social media that I I'm not familiar with and I I want to I want to look into that. I've got to be careful though because I'll get myself overextended. I don't need to be in all of the social media. What I'm into is not that appealing to all of the social media, and really I need to be dialing back into not just some of this cultural thing and home and political thing, but to talk more about the Airbnb and the B&B and running it and doing things with it. But I, I guess I have that adult ADHD or something. I don't know. I see squirrel and I I chase him. <laughs> so. But Lisa Hayes Minnie, uh, it's a writer, librarian. Uh, she's uh, reluctant but rooted in West Virginia she, uh, well that came from one of her many pages she is 
was the creator and editor of a magazine called the Tulane Living Magazine. And it was a monthly print magazine. It was free. She earned her money by selling advertisements. She managed to have it distributed to almost every one of our um, rest areas along the major interstates in in the in the state. She had some very high level, high quality writers uh, contributing to her publication. In full disclosure, I did write a column for her. My column was really kind of bleh. I wrote a column on upcycling, did that for about two years, and um, it went okay. I ended up turning the uh, column into a small book that I actually have published on Amazon. It's Everyday Upcycling. It's still available because it's print on demand, so it's not like it's stuck in a warehouse anywhere. Did not make any bestsellers list did not get any awards for that book but it was fun putting it together all of the images in it are my own the whole thing is my own layouts my own all that stuff's my own so it's not a very big book and I think it's on there for 99 cents I'm not sure now I did it so long ago and it's just kind of every so often I get a dollar from them because Amazon changed the way they pay their authors who publish through them and I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really make any money for me. Maybe I should revisit that and try to push it. I I have so many oddball little things out there honestly that I should be able to market better, but I just marketing's just not my thing. It never really has been. I can come up with these things, I can put things together and it's great and then can't do anything with them. Lisa has uh, agreed to be uh, interviewed, and we just have to work out a day and time. She is an, a real librarian in a real county library, so her hours are kind of um, taken. She also runs uh, a substack, Tulane Renaissance, where she is re has revived her print magazine as a substack digital newsletter I also write for that I write a um, a religious column actually she calls it a sermon I don't know if I'd call it a sermon or not but she calls it a sermon and I'll leave it at that she has several new writers on board with her there as well so that's Tulane Renaissance and it's on Substack In other news, I know you just were waiting it with bated breath. I did finally hear from the surgeon's office about the basal cell carcinomas on my eye and on my arm. I'm going in on Monday, like just in a few days, Monday on the 21st, but it's not for surgery, it's for a consultation consultation you see I can't just go and have these things taken off I have to go for a consult first just stupid 
What are we going to consult about? Just cut the stupid things off. Stitch me up or glue me up, whichever it's going to be. And let's get it fixed. Take care of it. Fix it. Just fix it. I don't need to know the details. Okay, just fix it. I mean, you know, anything for extra payments. I, I, I also ran into this with Dad yesterday. I had to take Dad over to uh, his pulmonologist for a checkup because Dad has a BiPAP machine, which is kind of like a CPAP. But, I mean, it does the same thing, but the, the way it delivers the pressure is a little different. And, I mean... I'm not the technician. I can't explain all of it. I just know it's a little different than a CPAP machine. So we go in. His appointment is for 1130. We get there about 20 after. So we're about 10 minutes early. He doesn't have to fill anything out. Just have to show his insurance cards to, and, and his ID to make sure they know it's him. Sign here on the dotted line and wait your turn. Well, it was like an hour and 15 minutes past his appointment before we get to see the doctor. One guy, he was an old man too, he actually got up and walked out. He went up to the window where you check in, and this was, I don't know, seven or eight minutes after we got there. And he said, I have been here more than an hour past my appointment time. People are coming and going ahead of me. People are coming in later than me and getting in. And the girl said, well, we have other things going on back there. That doesn't mean that they're getting ahead of you. And, and that part is true. They have other staff that people see for other different tests that are given by that office. So it is very likely that three people come in at the exact same time and they're going for three different things, you know. So in about another 10 or 15 minutes, the guy gets up and he goes to that window again. And he says, when you people have time for me, then call me. You know how to reach me. Then you call me. And she said, sir, we're about ready to call you back. No, no, I've been here long enough. I don't have time to sit here. I'm an old man. I don't have that much time left. And I'm not going to spend it waiting here in this office. And she said, but they're getting ready to call you now. She's coming around to get you. So <laughs> one of the staff opens the door and hollers out a name. It wasn't his it wasn't him they were calling back so he got mad and he left and I don't blame him I really don't so about what what I say about an hour and 15 minutes or so dad's finally called back and we probably wait another eight or nine minutes for the doctor to come in because I don't know what he's doing but it's taking forever and dad gets to spend about 11 whole minutes with the doctor after an hour and 20 minutes or so waiting he gets about 11 minutes with the doctor and he says it all looks great you still smoking dad says yeah he said how about how much you smoking dad's about a pack pack of dad's what i've been smoking for you know 60 years and he said well i'd like to think you'd quit but you know you're 82 years old he says it all the rest of it looks good we'll see you back in four months Four months for what? Four stupid months for what? What the heck does he need to come back in there three times a year for? The machine, if you've never seen one before, they, it's got a uh, uh, either a micro SD card or a, 
an SD card depending on the model that you're using and it automatically uploads this information via the internet because dad's got internet because my sister lives there <laughs> and her son's got to have internet anyway so the, the thing automatically uploads every night or every morning I think it's every morning so after dad's been up a little while it it automatically uploads <laughs> so dad brings his little SD card in with him just in case but it's always automatically updated and so if he's not having any, any breathing issues if he's not sick and doesn't need to see the pulmonologist for some what the heck is the point of going in every three months four months one word money money they got to be able to bill for these office visits. Keep you sitting in the waiting room for an hour and 20 minutes. Spend 11 minutes with you. Bill your insurance for a few hundred bucks. Crazy. And it's the same thing with that consult for, for me for Monday. So I'll go in. I'll wait God knows how long. The guy's kind of busy. I've taken Dad over there before. Same place. And I'll wait, and I'll wait, and I'll wait, and I'll get aggravated. My blood pressure will go up. Like I'll, they'll, somebody will call me back and say, oh, now, Miss Robin, I see here you have this, and you have this, and I see where that is, really close to the eye. Mm -hmm. Here, let me take a good look with my super-duper magnifying glass here. And mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Well, that needs to come off, and we'll schedule you. See you then. So he'll bill me for an office consultation and visit then I don't know how long it'll take to get in there. You know, whether it'll be a week or two weeks or whatever, but about guarantee it's going to be right dead smack middle of Christmas time and I'm going to have this horrible looking eyeball. I, not the eyeball, but along the eye. And it'll make my eye black because, you know, anytime you're up there messing around with that skin around the eye, you're going to end up with a black eye. Oh, well, what are you going to do? I don't get to run their offices and you know this is not one of those things where you can say I'll just live with it because it could <laughs> get well the one on my arm I guess I could probably live with but the one up against my nose it could blow a, hole, a heck of a hole in my in my nose anyway I'll be checking the homemade vanilla extract this week. I was going to do that the other day, and, well, life, you know, just no excuses. No excuses. I just didn't get it done with uh, all the driving and all the stuff. I don't know exactly which day I'll do it, but I do need to get it done before Thanksgiving because if it's not right, I need to make sure that I have my, um, I, I have some store-bought vanilla. This is not the only vanilla extract that I've got, but... I really wanted to use this. I want it to be right so that I can use this and I can say, you know, I hand made all the custard myself. I used homemade vanilla. I whipped the egg whites. I made the crust. I, I could say I ground the flour to make the crust, but I don't want to do that. Not at the holidays. It's too much of a chance to take. I need to work on that, though. I do have a grinder. It's a manual grinder. I always want manuals, manual machinery, as my quote backups because if in a grid down situation I want to be able to cook for my family and maybe other people too you know I don't know who all is going to be around here and 
who all I need to keep in good graces and such things. So I may want to make other people some food so that they won't beat me up and take what I have. I'll, um, I'm going to, I'll, I'll be videoing that kind of like I did the apple scrap vinegar. I don't think you guys got an audio of that. I'll check and see. I may upload it as, as a special too, if I have enough detail, because I wasn't thinking along the lines of audio, like podcast, when I'm doing video. I need to work on that as well. Get rid of the ums and describe what I'm doing in a manner that if you're listening on podcast, you can picture it in your mind's eye. So I need to work on that. But I, I'm, I've decided I am going to do an apple scrap vinegar workshop after Thanksgiving. I've been debating the best way to do it. I'm still not 100% on the best way to do it. I want to offer it in person and also online. I don't know the best software program to do that. I, I have some ideas. I've done some stuff before, but I I could use Google. I hate to use Google because, good Lord, you understand what I'm saying when I just say the word Google. But they do have a way to do a, a, like a, like you would do classrooms, um, like a like a school type classroom thing where the only people can get in are the people with the code. And, of course, Zoom does that too, but I don't know which would be better. Zoom, I'm limited because I didn't renew. I don't think I have the full paid version anymore. I had it at one time when I was working more in my Robin's desktop business. But I... I think I let that go because I just I wasn't bringing enough money in to rationalize the, the fee. So you don't get as much time to do a live video. Plus, you only get a couple people. And at this point, I'm just kind of thinking out loud. The Google one that I was looking at is is really free. Could have, I don't know, 20 people on it for all that. I think. Could be watching and I could share the instructions and things at no charge and I would just have to charge people to get access anyway I'm just kind of thinking out loud I've, I've thought this a thousand times and what ends up happening is because I jot things down in odd places I don't keep a good notebook like I should that needs to be one of the things I work harder on as well is how I, I keep track of the, I used to be so good at this stuff and now I'm just all over the place but I um, I got to decide on the, how much it's going to cost to do to take the course online I could set it up with one of those things that's like constant so you upload the video and every time somebody wants to watch it they have to pay you know kind of a membership kind of thing and it have to oh I don't know I don't know anyway nothing new going on in the garden um, don't forget now this is this is episode nine and if you're if you're on fountain and you have found this informative in the least entertaining 
you counted the number of ums and you want to send me satoshis for the number of ums anyways if you if you found some value whether it's in hysterical laughter at me and my screw-ups or if it's information that you found that was helpful i hope you'll give me value in return i really do and boost and like and share and all those things that kind of tweak the algorithm I am currently, now this is uh, in other news here, I'm currently working on day six of 21 days of Bitcoin. So I did subscribe to that and I have gone through it and the first four days were okay. I got it pretty easy. I kind of already knew that stuff. Yesterday was day five and it was on the proof of work and it I kind of have an idea what it's supposed to mean, but I really, I read that three or four times and I'm still struggling with it. And I don't know if it's me. It probably is, but it just, I kind of was able to follow it, but I just got lost at some, some point. There's, there's a barrier in vocabulary that I have there and I, I just I can't explain why I'm having that trouble but I'm I'll keep doing it I mean I'll I'll go through all of it uh, and the beauty of it is I can go back and read it over as many times as I need to so the the course is designed to teach you the fundamentals of Bitcoin and over 21 days they help you understand exactly what it is, how it works and why it's improving lives everywhere. Oh by the way, yes. Yes. I have seen the reports and the calls for more regulation on the FTX digital market L LTD crypto exchange and their bankruptcy. But, I, and you know, I get what happened there. I, I know exactly what happened. The guy saw a bunch of suckers. And he saw a way to bilk them of their money with little to no tracing. And, you know, we're, what little bit I know of Bitcoin. I know you got to be careful who you, <laughs> you got to be even more careful who you connect with, who you share your information with I mean it's like giving out your bank account number you got to be careful you got to know who you're dealing with and so maybe that's why Tom and Giselle are filing for divorce they knew that this guy lost all their money oh bless their hearts I don't wish ill on anybody I really don't even even those people who've lost their money but you know you if you go into something with an attitude of greed, you're going to get hit with greed. And that's that's what's going on here. But I, I don't see any real investigation happening. Why? Why? I'm glad you asked. This guy, Bankman Freed, isn't that his name? Last name, Bankman hyphen Freed. I mean, I don't know too many real men who hyphenate their last names, but okay. Where did he send all this money? Where did the most of the money go as far as we know right now? Could be wrong, but <laughs> why to the politicians for their campaigns? You think 
<laughs> and I, the way I understand it, it's been more Democrats than Republicans that he sent money to. But he sent some to Republicans, too. Do you really think they want this investigated when their campaigns benefited from this? Oh, no, 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 no. There'll be some kind of cursory, oh, we're going to look at it, you know. And they're not going to try to regulate it until they're clear of it. Until either enough time or enough resources have been spent that they're not going to be held up in any of it. And they're not going to have to cough up the money. Can you see Nancy Pelosi selling her ice cream to make her money back to give to the campaign? Well, I don't, I don't know if she was one of them. So, you know, don't be lawsuiting me. That was just said in a, a, just as a figure of speech. I don't know that she was involved in it at all. I, I doubt they want to expose just how much. What word is it you use? Fiat currency. Have the fentanyl washed off, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Money laundering. Good Lord Almighty. And you knew somebody's going to try it. Look, heck, they try it with regular printed United States dollars. People try to counterfeit it all the time. And they try to separate people from their money all the time. Bernie Madoff, hello. But there wasn't there plenty of regulation to stop Bernie Madoff? Nah. Of course they want of course they want regulation. They don't want it until they're in the clear though. But yeah, they want regulation. Because they want to try to get their hands on it. They want to know what you're doing. I caught the tail end of a piece getting into the car or, or into the truck earlier uh, about uh, the ESG and and that uh, it's rolling full steam ahead. ESG, you're going to get an ESG score whether you like it or not. Now in West Virginia, our current treasurer has put in place, he along with our attorney general worked on legislation, got it passed that says you know, if you're going to do this ESG nonsense where you say you're not going to uh, finance people or companies who have any connection with fossil fuels, you can't do business in West Virginia. Your bank cannot have a presence in West Virginia. They passed that. Now, how long it will stay on the books, I don't know. Because, you know, if, if the powers turn over and the other side gets to be in charge, then they'll, they'll repeal that. If we don't get it stopped internationally before then. But yeah, fiat currency had the fentanyl washed off, people. If you know what I mean. 21 days of Bitcoin. Hashtag 21 days of Bitcoin. 2022 election. If you're tired of it already, well, so am I. I can't believe it. We can legally gamble online and get paid. But we can't count ballots. Arizona. Arizona. I'm talking to you. What is wrong with you? Do you really like all those illegals tearing up the place and raping your women? How in the world could you have elected a de that particular Democrat as your governor? You realize that that particular Democrat is probably going to dismantle what little bit of wall there is between you and Mexico. 
And what little bit of security you have is going to be gone. Oh, my gosh. And I don't want to talk about Trump. I wanted to like Trump. I kind of still do. He did, he did tear stuff up. But he is so undisciplined. You can be a maverick and be disciplined. You can, you can reset Washington and still be disciplined. He has, his self-control is just so far gone in his ability not to... Be a jerk for the sole purpose of being a jerk. See, I agree with the people who say he needs to wait until Herschel Walker is elected. Because there's just enough people who don't like Trump that they will shoot down Herschel Walker's campaign just to say, na-na-na-na, boo-boo, look what I did. They'll screw themselves just to piss off Trump. But what they don't understand, he don't care. And part of that he don't care is charming. And part of that he don't care is not. The part of the he don't care that is not is the part that's fixing to announce his candidacy tonight. Now, I kind of think also that he's announcing tonight because of some investigations that are about to happen to him. It stops those investigations until after he's either defeated in the primary or after the 2024 elections. Now, I get that part. I get that part. But honestly, I, the country is bigger than that. What we need as a nation is bigger than that. And... Uh, I really, I, I have my suspicions, and I've been wrong, I'm wrong a lot, but I have my suspicions that if Trump announces tonight, it'll be almost impossible for Herschel Walker to win. Unless there's a tie into this um, FTX digital with the Democrats that just drag them down too. But, you know, the way it's been going the last six years, I don't see that happening. I mean, you've got all kinds of criminal activity on behalf of the Democrats nationally that's going uninvestigated. I mean, there are no investigative reporters out there anymore. It used to be you laughed at the National Enquirer. Then at, there came a period of time when the National Enquirer, Enquirer was the only one doing legitimate journalism. And I think they've been run out of business because hi, you can't have them doing legitimate journalism. But oh my gosh. All right. Under religion... The announcement came from my big church pastor that he is unable physically to handle two churches any longer. And I'm not sure if I've shared that with you or not, but my little church, 
worked uh, shared a pastor with another little church and we were considered a charge and the pastor who just left my church he was up there in age well he fell back in late summer and just about concussed himself he, he hit his face he had tremendous nosebleed he had a big black eye he had to go to the VA hospital he was there for a few days then a couple weeks a after that he ended up with COVID and he struggled with that for uh, a couple weeks and he just has never gotten back up to 100% since then I mean he just has really struggled we've not had Bible study on Wednesday nights we've had very few things going on at the church he's been kind of confusing things in the middle of these sermons and um it just has been a struggle the last few weeks so our district superintendent told him he said you just can't handle these two churches anymore so i'm pulling you from the one so what happens there is yours truly is now the well i'm the lay leader anyway but i'm the one i'll be doing the the services for the next several weeks until we get a permanent pastor uh, full or part-time whatever they end up doing along with some other struggles that we're dealing with and one that we have a severe a significant roof leak we're gonna have to have a new roof put on we don't have the cash to do it we got to try to get it patched until spring when we can try to get a grant from the uh, district to, to work on the roof and it won't be the whole amount but it'll be part of it we hope but anyway, so we're just, our little church is having quite a few obstacles of its own. And so during, uh, during the annual review with the district superintendent, he, the district superintendent told Pastor Bill that I, he had to let my little church go. Now, I've got a member of my church that, um, and I might have shared this with you, but anyway, this, this member stood up and stormed out the last time I filled in for the pastor when he had covid and I am allowed to do that. I have completed the necessary steps. I'm not ordained with the Methodist Church, but I have completed the necessary steps that I can lead the service and I can preach in the service. I just can't uh, pray the blessing over the sacraments because I am not ordained so we'll have to have somebody else do that but this member jumped up and said I'm out of here made a big scene in front of some other people uh, because they this person did not does not approve of a woman in the pulpit I mean it's okay if you're singing it's okay if you're reading announcements or something but apparently this person doesn't like it if a woman is leading the service well the United Methodist Church nationally worldwide uh, does allow women to do this and I don't I, I say allow kind of tongue-in-cheek because they don't restrict women it's not that they allow them it's that they don't restrict women they don't hold them back women throughout Christianity have been called by God to serve in just about every, if not every, role. Now, this person grew up in a Baptist 
church. And I'm not throwing stones or shade at Baptist church. I'm just showing that there's a little bit of difference. The Baptist church that he was, that this person was raised in, does not think women have the ability to preach in the church. They should not. Now, you can be a teacher. You can sing. You can play piano. You can do anything else except preach. Anyways. This person has made it clear that they would rather the church be shut down because we have no one to hold service rather than have a woman in the pulpit. Now, obviously, I disagree with that. I am a rather opinionated woman about a lot of things, and this is one of them. And I've thought maybe I'll spend a few episodes uh, in this section discussing the ways that Jesus... I believe have has erased the gender roles within the church and in doing and and after, and I'm going to do this I'm going to leave you with two things to consider on this topic one Mary the mother of Jesus was his first disciple think about that and prove me wrong Mary Magdalene was the first first to speak to Jesus after his resurrection so who did he go to first who did he appear to first after his resurrection a woman he didn't go to Peter he went to a woman and what did he tell her to do he told her to go tell the others and what is our great commission to go tell the world I believe, as I study the New Testament, that Jesus not only brings the Gentile in, because remember, he was first sent to the Jews, but he also brings in the women. And so, therefore, gender roles within the church now, within the church, are erased. I believe there are still gender roles in the home. Although, when you have a single parent family, you have a parent doing all the roles. That's not ideal. But we're not talking about the home. We're talking about the church. So I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that, work on some things for that. I'm going to remind you that here on my podcast and my videos and any other time, I am a follower of Christ. I am a member of the United Methodist Church. However, I put the teachings of Christ first, not the Book of Discipline. And when I'm discussing religion here or my beliefs, I'm speaking as a follower of Christ, not a Methodist Church member or representative. So, hey, yeah, last time, remember, here's something else that I'm not mentioning enough. If you're traveling to or through West Virginia along the Turnpike, consider looking up Holstein House either at RobinHolstein.com or on Airbnb. If you decide to book, make sure you mention to me that you heard of it here on the podcast, and I'll figure out some way to add a little value to your stay in addition to the value you're already getting maybe a little chocolate or some cookies or something if you want to pay with bitcoin we'll work that out and maybe get you a little extra discount 
So this is a wrap for episode nine, number nine, number nine, number nine of Holstein House. Before I go, let me make one final announcement. I want to tell you, Euphrosinos, the cook of Alexandria, sent 4,750 sats to me and a little lunch money to my girlfriend, Diane. You guys just have no idea how much it means to me when you do that. I mean, when you share sats with me and you're you're giving value for value, you're showing me that you've learned something or you enjoyed something and I mean, just where I made you think or I made you mad and made you think because you were mad or whatever. I just you, really, I really do appreciate it. I, I just can't, I just can't tell you just how much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just a thousand times. Thank you. And I'll see you the next time. So there you have it. Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.